Amen. All right, get your Bibles. Go to the book of Romans, chapter number 8. Romans, chapter 8. <clears throat> made a comment this morning about uh, George Stewart's birthday, and uh, you probably have, how you have, probably have more important people to contact tomorrow on Valentine's Day. Like a minute after we said amen and dismissed, I had a text from George Stewart. Uh, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> you know, this is really low-hanging fruit. I couldn't help it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, anyway, tomorrow is, uh, is obviously Valentine's Day. Um, one of the few days a year dedicated specifically to love, if you will. Um, many people send flowers, chocolates, teddy bears, candy, cards, all of that stuff, and heartfelt messages, obviously, to the ones that they love. Some people do that. Some people think that's a waste of money, and um, especially when they hike up the prices so much on Valentine's Day when a dozen roses costs nearly $40. That is just insanity. Um, but uh, we, I mean, men especially, we shouldn't need a day set aside specifically to remind our wives that we love them. Um, but of course, we're very hard-headed and thick-skulled, and so, so we need all the reminders we can, <laughs> we can get to, uh, to make sure that we show them how much that we love them. Um, but tonight, obviously, on the topic of love is what we're going to look at tonight. And that should have been pretty evident, obviously, from um, reading Romans chapter 8. And I uh, apologize to Mr. Lacombe and Daniel and Andrew and I think Jack's up in the sound booth. We've been going through Romans chapter 8 in our teen guys uh, Sunday school class for, I think, almost two months now. Uh, it's been, and it's kind of doing a Bible study through that. So it won't be the same stuff, I promise, although we did just talk about a little bit of this this morning. Um, but I do want to talk, uh, I do want to take a decent amount of time tonight to talk about the, the love of God. Um, now, I, I know a lot of you, um, most of you, if not all of you, um, could, could give me verses and, um, y- you know, truths about it and, and, and different facts about, about uh, the love of God. And so I don't want, what I don't want is I don't want you to shut this off as just a, a stereotypical message and uh, relaying of some of the truths that you've already heard, okay? Now, granted, we should never do that in church. That's not something we, we should uh, ever, ever practice, you know, just say, oh, I've heard about this topic before, and then just kind of shut it off. But, but uh, think about it this way. If you, um, or if someone, was, if someone was proclaiming about how much you love them, and, and the people that they were talking to were just like, oh, I've, I've heard about this before. You know, this guy talks about how much he loves his wife all the time. You know, who cares? Okay, that's kind of what we, I, I, that's what I don't want tonight when we're talking about the love of God. We're talking about how much God loves us. I don't want it to be something where we just shut it off. And, okay, I've, I've heard that before. No, I want us to kind of focus on it a little bit, maybe a little bit afresh and anew. And just, it, the first part of it's just gonna be a reminder about how much God loves us. And so hopefully you can, you can bear with, not bear with me, hopefully you can think about it with me, okay? Not bear with me, but think about it with me as we go through. Um, we, we are gonna do things a little bit differently tonight, okay? So I'm, I'm gonna need a lot of participation from all of you. So uh, if you have a Bible, have that ready and handy, and also grab a songbook near you, okay? We'll get to the songbook in just a minute. 
Um, but we're going to go through some verses here, and I want you to turn to as many of these verses as you can. Okay, we're going to go through, and we are going to read them together. Okay, uh, we, uh, as a teacher, I, I, not, not every day or every week necessarily, but I, I talk so, uh, a decent amount about uh, the different ways to remember things. Hearing is just the first step, obviously, okay? Um, writing something down is another step in the process of remembering something and learning something. Saying it out loud and repetition verbally is another way to remember something, okay? And so all of that, uh, whether you take notes or not tonight, but we're, we're gonna incorporate a couple of those memory tools here tonight and, and things to just ingrain in our minds, hopefully, uh, how much God loves us. And, and just a reminder of, of though, though Pastor has mentioned it many times, we obviously don't necessarily know why <laughs> we're not worthy of his love, um, but we can, we can still praise him for it, and we can still thank him for it. And so I hope you get a little bit of a taste of that tonight as I was doing this study. And, and, um, and, and going to a lot of familiar verses, a lot of verses that I'm, I'm familiar with, but just, man, just getting excited all over again about the fact that God loves me. And I hope you, you uh, get that same thing tonight. So, first of all, let's turn to the book of John. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Again, I know many of you could quote it. But reading it and quoting it are two different things. So we're going to do both together. We're going to see it with our eyes and quote it with our mouths. Okay. John chapter 3. I'll let you remain seated since we have a lot of, uh, a lot of verses. I have 12 different passages that we're going to read tonight. Okay, we're going to read them together. Pretty, not necessarily in quick succession, but um, some of them I might st spend a little bit more time on and, and talk about it a little bit more. But, but uh, John chapter 3, verse number 16. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And there's a reason that this verse is the most well-known verse in the world, not just among Christians, but among people that, that maybe have never read the Bible. Um, John 3.16 is the most well-known verse, and obviously just, just the, the epitome of the love of God, the epitome of, of God showing his love to a world that very evidently doesn't deserve it. Um, and, uh, and, and just so, he, he could have stopped it for God so loved the world, and, and okay, I still don't understand it, but he didn't just stop at loving us, he sent his son for us, and, and was, was moved so much by his love that he sent his son to come and die for us, um, and uh, we could look at Romans, and I'm not going to go there, but, um, you know, it talks about how um, for a righteous man, uh, one might die, and, and for a good man, some might even dare to die, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, <laughs> Christ died for us. And uh, we don't understand that, but praise the Lord for his love and how much he loves us. Go to uh, John chapter 13. John chapter 13, we got a couple verses from this chapter. John chapter 13, verse number one is what we're going to read, first of all. John chapter 13, verse number one, and if you're there, read it with me. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, 
having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And uh, I, I love the fact that the, the love of God evidenced here is everlasting love and something that doesn't fail and something that doesn't run out and something that just continues and uh, is, is not, again, guys in my Sunday school class, I, I, I don't apologize for talking about the love of God this much, um, but uh, the fact that, that it's not based on our actions, it's not based on our character, it's based on his, and uh, he doesn't change, and he is love, which we'll read that verse later, but uh, I'm so glad that God loves me and that he's not, never gonna stop loving me. And uh, uh, look at uh, later in the chapter, verse number 34. Verse number 34, and we'll talk about verse number 35 later, hopefully. Uh, but verse number 34, again, John 13, 34, read it with me. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Using his love as an example, using his love as an illustration, and, uh, and as uh, just uh, something we should look to as to how we are supposed to love one another. How we, and we'll t- again, we'll talk about loving one another hopefully later, uh, a little bit later in just a few minutes. But um, just we, we have the perfect love to look to. Uh, man will, will fail us at some point or another. Uh, we are commanded to love one another, and again, we'll talk about that later, but uh, we are commanded to, to love one another. And though we do our best and we, and we strive to, to love those that we are supposed to love, um, and, and, and uh, you know, be faithful and, uh, and stay true to them, we, we inevitably are let down or we let other people down in terms of how we, how we are supposed to love one another, but God never will. As I have loved you, that's how we're supposed to love one another, and we can, we can look to that type of love. We don't have to look at these failing examples and these people that, that uh, uh, these sinful people that, yes, they might fail us. Thank, thankfully, we have a God that, that doesn't ever fail us, and his love does not fail uh, turn to, we, we read it already, but to turn to Romans chapter 8. We're going to read it again. As we read these, again, the reason we're reading them out loud, because sometimes when, when someone, and I know I've been there before, okay, when, when a speaker's up here, a preacher is up here, and they, they read the verse. They, they tell you to turn there, and though, though many of you, and, and you turn there, and, and you look at it, uh, you know, they begin reading, especially if it's a little bit lengthier, and um, I, I don't know. We just have we have very short attention spans, I guess. And uh, so sometimes, if it's if it's a longer passage, or even if it's a verse we're really familiar with, we you know maybe zone out a little bit. And uh, but I, I don't want that to be the case tonight. I, I don't want that to be something where our minds wander. I don't want that to be something where you know we just oh yeah this is old hat I've heard this before. I, I want it to be, and it should be every time. It should be every time the Bible is open and a verse from the Bible is read. No matter how long the passage is, every time we should, be, we should be honed in, we should be paying attention, we should be thinking about what the verses are saying and what the verses mean. We should be uh, listening, for, listening for the truth and the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts every single time that the Bible's open. Every time that we read the word of God, that's how it should be. Okay, so I hope we can, we can again, focus our minds a little bit uh, on, on, the, on the verses that we're reading tonight. Romans chapter 8. Verses 35 through 39. That's where the Tim mentioned pretty familiar verses, but I hope, they're not, uh, I hope they're not something that we overlook. We're gonna read all of them together. I know we did responsibly earlier, but we're gonna read all of them together. And again, I hope as we read, you can think about these verses and what they mean and what they mean to you personally. 
Starting in verse number 35, we'll go down to the end of the chapter, and let's read it together. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord." And uh, I just, just man, I, I love this passage. I love uh, the 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 emphasis on on the et- uh, the eternality of the love of Christ, the love of God. Uh, and uh, we we uh, read about it, and we talk. It's who shall separate us from the love of love of Christ? And there's there's so many situations. And Brother Matt delivered a, a great message this morning about the, the the troubles and the storms that we go through in life. And inevitably, every one of us will face those difficulties and those terrible situations, uh, whether, whether it be a trial from, from the Lord himself or something, something consequential, meaning consequences that we bring on ourselves from our sin or our just stupidity. Uh, whatever it is, nothing separates us from the love of Christ. Nothing is going to take that away. Uh, as I mentioned, it's not based on our actions. It's not based on our character. It's based on his character. It's based on who he is, not based on who I am. And I praise the Lord for that. And, and it's never, no matter what I go through, no matter what, what situation I find myself in, no matter how, how low I have put, what, what situation I have put myself in or what situation I find myself in, God is still there and God still loves me. And I think of the prodigal son, no matter where he found himself, he could know that he, he, when he went back to the father, his father was there with open arms waiting, saying, I still love you, son, and, and I'm, I'm here for you, and I, I, am, I am ready to receive you. And no matter what we're going through now, no matter what we're going through in the future, it says, uh, nor things present, nor things to come, doesn't matter how big, how small, nothing is going to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Turn over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, chapter 13. And this is just scratching the surface, by the way. There's a lot of verses we could read. 2 Corinthians, chapter 13. Second Corinthians 13, verse number 11. Just a little phrase in here that we'll look at. But let's read the whole verse together. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. And here God is called the God of love. The God of love. And so many other uh, cultures, ancient cultures, have their God of this and God of that, and, and they have all these false idols and, and gods that they worship, and this is, you know, the God of the Nile in ancient Egypt, and the God of this, and, and we know that our God, his dominating attribute is that he is a God of love. He is a God of love, and that, that is, as I mentioned, it's part of his character, it's part of who he is. And I just love that little phrase in there, I wanted to bring that out. Turn over to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. 
Some of this is, is some of the just verses that are uh, things that I've already talked about, but I do want to bring some of this up. Uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20. Verse number 20. Again, many of you could probably quote this, but let's think about what it means, especially focusing on the end of that verse and what the love of God does for us. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Let's read it together. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And we, we'll look at it later, I think. Um, uh, do I get there? Let me see. I'll, I don't care if I get ahead of myself. Um, many of you could quote that verse as well. Greater love hath no man than this, and that a man lay down his life for his friends. And uh, no greater love was shown than, than Christ at Calvary. We sang about it this morning and tonight. Um, Calvary's cry is still love and grace. That's what Calvary was. It was an expression of God's love for us. And though tomorrow many people will try to express their love through these, these physical things and gifts and, and you know, words even, that act that, that Christ performed on the cross for us Never going to be matched. No greater love than what God uh, showed through the sacrifice of his son on the cross. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. It's really verse number 4 that I want to focus on, but we're going to read a passage here. And again, this is, this, we're going to read verses 1 through 7 of Galatians chapter 2. And I want you to think about what we're reading. I want you to think about how it applies in your life. Galatians chapter, no matter what your background is, by the way, whether you grew up in church or not, whether you have a, a, a Christian, Christian parents or not, whether you're first generation Christian, second, third, or fourth, it does not matter. The truth of this passage applies to us all. Verse number four is the one, the one that mentions the love of God, but let's read verses one through seven of Ephesians chapter two, and let's really think about what it means. Ephesians two, verses one through seven, let's read it together. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Let's just read verses eight and nine. Come on, let's just keep going. Verses eight and nine, read those together with me as well. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And, and I, again, just another uh, chunk of scripture there that is just, it, it, if you read that, you read those verses, and you're just like, man, how... How do you not get excited about what God has done in your life? How, how do you not uh, just, just have a smile on your face and say, thank you, God. You took me from where I was 
and, and you, you spared me from the future that could have been, and you brought me and you redeemed me, you quickened me, you made me alive in Christ because of your great love. Thank you, God, for that. Ephesians chapter five, Ephesians chapter five. We could spend a lot of time talking about each and every one of these passages. Ephesians chapter five, verses one and two, verses one and two. Let's read those together. Be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. And again, just talking about the sacrifice that, that Christ was and became on the cross for us, a sweet-smelling savor to God, an offering to God. In that same chapter, verse number, uh, verse number 25, verse number 25, and this is sometimes talked about on Valentine's Day, but not in the same context that we're gonna talk about it. Let's look at it, verse 25, and let's read it together. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I mentioned earlier our example, our, our ultimate example of, of love is Christ sacrificing himself, and that is supposed to be our example of love. And uh, so we, again, we, we often think of it in this case of, of uh, you know, just the, rela- the husband-wife relationship. Um, but uh, our, our, that, that love is supposed to be based on the love that Christ has for us. When we lose sight of that, when, when we uh, j- just for either forget that or take it for granted or don't dwell on it and don't think about what Christ did because he loved us, because he loves us, when we lose sight of that, we lose sight of how we're supposed to love other people. In this case, obviously, using the illustration of husbands loving their wives. So when we have, when we have a situation, when we, when we um, find ourselves in that place where we find it difficult to love others, Maybe we just need to go back and remember, Christ loved me. Think of what Christ did for me and Christ loved me because why? I don't, I don't know why. I don't deserve it. And that person, I may think that that person doesn't deserve my love, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Christ is my ultimate example of love. It doesn't matter what they've done to me. I'm still commanded to love them like Christ loved them and like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He is the ultimate example of, of love. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 4. Two more passages here. 1 John chapter 4. And we could read a lot of 1 John, by the way. We could read the majority of the book of 1 John talking about the love of God. We'll, we'll spend just a little bit of time here. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Verses 7 through 10. Well, we'll go through verse number 11. Verses 7 through 11 is the first passage from 1 John that we'll read. 1 John 4, verses 7 through 11. Let's read that together. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. 
Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And again, this is the example that Christ, uh, that, that, that Christ was because of God. He sent sending his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And I love verse number 10. It, it, it often gets overlooked because of verses seven and eight. And seven and eight is a, a scripture song. And, uh, and, you know, we could sing that and all of that. And some of you did the three claps in your mind as we read that, okay? Um, but again, let's focus on the words and the meaning of these verses here. Verse number 10, though, herein is love. What's the, what's, the, what's the illustration of love? What's the greatest example of love? Not in that we love him. Uh, not, uh, I'm sorry, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. One more verse, let's read verse number 19. Verse number 19, and again, short verse, you could probably quote it. First John chapter four, verse number 19, let's read it together. We love him because he first loved us. If any of us claims to, to have this thing of, of how to love people or even how to love God, if any of us claims to be an expert in that area, I, I, I think we misspeak when we say that. Um, we may have an amazing example, and we do, the perfect example of love, but none of us have it down perfectly. None of us are, are where we should be when it comes to loving others, and especially when it comes to loving God. Uh, I, I think in both cases, and, and, and that's not the, the, the entire focus, but, but if, if we can just think about and meditate on and just dwell on the fact that God loves me, and not just, we think about those words, God loves me, and it's like, okay, okay I've heard that before, and we sing the songs and all this stuff, but then we think about dwelling maybe a little bit on why and the mind-boggling thought that that is. Why does God love me? But then shifting our focus, as we talked about a little bit tonight, how does God love me, or how did God show me that he loved me. And when we, when we transition our mind, not to, not to just, God loves me, okay? It's, it's almost, it's, it's unfortunately, sometimes as, as Christians, we, we turn these amazing biblical truths into just little mantras that get repeated. And, and sometimes in our own hearts, they lose their meaning because we've heard them over and over again. And we, 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 we stop thinking about what they actually mean and, and the, the deeper truth that is there. God loves me. God loves me so much that he sent his son down to earth to live a perfect, sinless life, to go and become a sacrifice and die in my place, to take the punishment for my sin and your sin and the, the sin of the entire world on his back and on his shoulders and carry that for us so that, why? So that we could go and, and receive something that is so undeserved in, in not, not just in heaven, but in a relationship with him is what we receive. And we have the opportunity to go to heaven, yes, but, but so much more than that, and this isn't a, a salvation thing, that we could talk about that, that evidence of, of God's love. But I hope as we read those verses that you were just reminded a little bit of, of the fact that, not, not just the fact that God loves you, although we should be reminded of that fact, but about how much God loves you. We're gonna do something a little bit different. Grab a songbook. Mrs. Edwards, could I get you to come to the piano real quick? Say, we already sang. Song service is over. So you thought. I love music. I love music. I love singing it. I love listening to it. Okay, whether, whether it be, you know, singing it myself while I'm just walking around. If you, uh, I, I, 
I try to keep that down. I clean the church on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and I have my headphones in a lot of times, so I don't get bothered when people come and, you know, they come and try to talk to me while I'm cleaning, and it distracts me, and then I lose time, and then I'm, you know, I'm, you know, wasting time not cleaning. And, but uh, I remember back when John used to clean the church, and John Reamers, and I, I loved it, whether it be on a Saturday or in an afternoon after school or something like that, and I'd be coming down, and he'd be taking out the trash or something, listening to music, and just singing away at the top of his lungs, and I love that. And, uh, and I, I, I love music. And whether or not you, you think you can sing or you don't think you can sing, it doesn't matter, because God loves music. God created music as a, as a means for us to worship him. If we, if we minimize music, we're, we're missing out on, on uh, a, a, let's try to alliterate this, a main medium of magnifying our master. There we go. God created music for his glory. When we, when we, I, I, I talk to, I'm, I'm a youth pastor, and so I talk to the teens, and it's, this isn't, this isn't something that, this isn't a critical, uh, not trying not to be a critical statement here, but it, but it amazes me how many teenagers nowadays, yeah, they might listen to music, but, but it's, it's really not a big part of, of their lives or their mindset or their hearts. And, and that's really sad to me. That's really sad to me. Because music is an amazing opportunity for us to worship God, for us to show God how much we love him, for us to be helped I can't tell you how many times I've, I've listened to a song and, and, and it just brought my heart into a, into a spirit of worship. Not, I'm not even talking about a church service. I'm talking about driving down the road, listening to music in my car, or while I'm cleaning the church with my headphones in and I'm listening and I'm just sitting there, man, thank you, God. You are so good. If you, tr- if, if you don't make music a part of spiritual, godly music, of course, uplifting godly music, Christian music here, like what we're talking about, if you don't make that a part of your life and you just say, ah, well, I don't really like music. I don't really, you know, it's not really a big, ah, man, I feel so bad for you. We're, you're going to get to heaven and you're going to be very surprised at how much music and how much singing is in, is in heaven. It, God created it for his glory. And, and uh, there, there are so many songs that we could sing and we're going to sing several of them. And we're going to sing about the love of God because it is an amazing Amazing thing to sing about. And so, get your songbooks out. Turn to number one. Number one. Number one. We're gonna sing, we, might not sing, we, might not sing, we might not sing more than one verse of many of them. This one, though, I want us, we're going to sing verses one, four, and five. I mentioned it with the scripture but I hope, you can, I hope you can do the same thing with songs. Uh, Mr. Bish mentioned, or Brother Tim mentioned it earlier, um, and, and he, he wasn't being bad about it, he was, he was being lighthearted about it, but you know when the kids go out during that second song and we kind of miss the second verse of that second song and you know, everybody's you know, giggling at the, little, the cute little kids, and I understand that, and that, that it is what it is, but too often many Christians and many people in church, that's how they are the entire song service. It's just, oh, I know this song, I know it by heart, and I'm just singing through it, and it's not something that we ever think about. I know the words, so I don't have to look at it, 
or even if I do, oh, I lost my place, I can find, oh yeah, there we are again, and you know, I'm just singing and, and not really thinking about what I'm singing. And to me, that is, that is a huge, not, not pet peeve, uh, but, but it's something in my own heart. I've tried to make it more personal where when we're singing something or when someone is up here singing a special or something like that, that I'm focused, that I'm thinking, man, God, I, I know, uh, you, you know the preaching's still to come or, some, or, or whatever's happening here, but, but I know that you can speak through music and I know that you, can, that you can speak to me and prepare my heart and do a work in my heart through the songs that we are singing. Music is powerful. And it can make an amazing difference and, and have an amazing influence in your life for the good if you'll let it. If you'll think about it and not just, oh yeah, well, let's just sing. I can't really sing. And by the way, let me say that as well. I, you say, well, I, I don't really have a great voice. Doesn't matter. Whether you think you do or you don't, it doesn't matter because we're not here to impress each other. Uh, we're, we're not here uh, be, because we are the most talented people in the world. I, I'm, I, I lead the singing on Sunday mornings and I lead the choir and stuff, but I, I am by far not the most talented musician in our church. I, I do it because I love music and I love God. And, and we, are, we are supposed to sing, we, we are supposed to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And some of you say, well, that's all I can do. That's great. That's great. Do it. God wants God wants you to sing. He wants you to lift up your voice and sing and praise him. There's an entire book. The biggest book in the Bible is dedicated to songs, most of them praising our Lord. If we can't sing for God, what are we doing? What, what type of mindset do we have that we cannot bring ourselves to get out of our shell just a little bit to lift up our voice and sing for our God? We're going to start in, ver in uh, uh, song number one, verse number one. Sing it with me. Most of you know it, even if you don't follow along. And especially as we sing it, think about the words that we're singing here. Don't just, oh, don't just, let, let's not just, you know, zone out as we sing. Let's think about the words. And we're thinking about the love of God and how much he loves us. Let's sing it. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be how marvelous how wonderful is my savior's love for me verse number four he took my sins and my sorrows he made them his very own he bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me on the last verse think about when we're gonna when we're gonna be able to sing to him and thank him for his love face to face verse number five 
When with the ransomed in glory His face I at last shall see T'will be my joy through the ages To sing of His love for me How marvelous, how wonderful And my song shall ever be how marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Number 25. Number 25. As I mentioned, I, I may not have the best voice, but I, I, that's not what it's about. It's about, am I singing from my heart to the Lord? That's what it's about. The wonder of it all, the wonder that God loves me. Just the first verse on this one, but let's sing it, number 25. I know many of you know it. Sing it out again. Think about what we're singing. There's the wonder of sunset at evening. The wonder as sunrise I see, but the wonder of wonders that thrills my soul is the wonder that God loves me. Oh, the wonder of it all, the wonder of it all, just to think that God loves me. The wonder of it all, the wonder of it all, just to think that God loves me. And it is a wonder. Turn to 102. 102. Number 102. So this is a kid's song. I don't think so. I don't think so. Number 102. Let's sing verses 1 and 2 together. Verse, verses 1 and 2. Sing it with me. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They, by the way, that applies to all of us. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Verse number two. Jesus loves me, he who died, heaven's gate to open wide. He will wash away my sin, let his little child come in. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. 
Go to number 403. Number 403. I don't know, it's been a while since we've sung this one in church. How many of you know this song? A lot of you, good. Sing it out. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? And yes, it is, obviously. We know the answer to that question. Let's sing about it and let's think about it as we sing about it. Number 403. <clears throat> let's sing all three verses. There will never be a sweeter story, story of the Savior's love divine, love that brought him from the realms of glory, just to save a sinful soul like mine. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Oh, isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful, wonderful it is to... Think about these words, verse number two. Boundless as the universe around me, reaching to the farthest soul away. Saving, keeping love it was that found me. That is why my heart can truly say, isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Oh, isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful, wonderful it is to me? On the third verse, sing it out now. Love beyond our human comprehending. Love of God in Christ, how can it be? This will be my theme and never ending. Great redeeming love of Calvary. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? Wonderful, wonderful. Oh, isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? Wonderful it is to me. Number 413. We're not going to sing this one, but 413, I want you to look at it. Because this one is one of the most egregious offenders when it comes to songs that we, we think about or we look at it differently. Some, you know, we do the love lifted me and love lifted me and we do that little, you know, little rise. We say lifted, you go up like that. I, I don't mind, you know, enjoying the song, but if that little movement right there is gonna take away from your understanding and thinking about what you're actually singing and the truth behind the song, don't do that, please, Okay. This is an amazing song, and the truth of this song, if, you, if you're so focused on making sure you time your lift right, okay, you're gonna miss the truth of this amazing song. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help no matter where we turn, no matter where we look, love is what can lift us. God's love can lift us. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Turn to number 423. This uses the word care, but I think it means the same thing. Number 423 and Mrs. Gerber's favorite song. Every time I put it down, I think of Mrs. Gerber. But hopefully now, every time we, we sing about this, we'll think about the love of God. Number 423, we are gonna sing this one. I love this song. Beautiful song, but even better truth. 
Let's sing it together. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus since I found in him a friend so strong and true. I would tell you how he changed my life completely. Think about that. He did something that no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Verse number two. All my life was full of sin when Jesus found me. All my heart was full of misery and woe. Jesus placed his strong and loving arms about me. And he led me in the way I ought to go. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. On the third, continue to think about what we're singing. Every day he comes to me with new assurance. More and more I understand his words of love. But I'll never know just why he came to save me. Till someday I see his blessed face above. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Um, some people use the phrase true love. I'm looking for my one true love, you know, or my, my, my soulmate or whatever, okay? Um, you, may, you may talk about that, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong, and I understand what, you're mean, what you mean when you talk about, you know, your one true love, you find the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, I understand that, but that's not your one true love. I'm sorry. It's your Heavenly Father. That's your one true love. And, and He loves you more than anything. He, he loves you more than anyone in this world will ever love you. And uh, I, this, this song is not in your hymnal, Mrs. Edwards. I'm not going to sing this one. We're not going to sing this one. But uh, most of you, I, th I think, I don't remember. Maybe, maybe uh, Mr. Reamer sang it. I don't remember. It's been a while, but I don't remember. Um, song simply entitled The Love of God, written in 1917. And the words say, The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels song. And probably the, the, the more familiar verse of this is the third verse of that. And think about the, the imagery in this verse. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made? 
were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Turn back to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I have, Mrs. Edwards, we can just stay there just for a minute. Um, I had several other things that I was going to say, but, but I don't feel led to do that tonight. I think sometimes it's good to just get together and bask in the love of God. Remember how, how much he loves us. And we are commanded to love him as well. And, and the, the one thing that I will say uh, about that, we are commanded to love God. We, we remind, when we remind ourselves of how much he loves us and what he's done for us, how can we not love God? How can we not love God? How can we not show that love to others? How can we not tell others that God loves them too? And keep them, how dare we keep them from the love of God that, that is so amazing and so wonderful and all the different adjectives that we use to describe it tonight. Let's love God, let's love others, and let's tell others about the love of God. Let's read, we're gonna read one more passage, Romans 8, 35 through 39, one more time, and we'll have a word of prayer tonight. But again, I hope you can think about the verses that we read, the songs that we sang, and just allow your heart to fill up with the love of God as we move into tomorrow, into Valentine's Day, and let that be the love that we remember tomorrow. Romans chapter eight, verses 35 through 39. Read them one more time together with me. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord.